give me something. Like I need to, I, I didn't have the life that I was wanting. Mm. And so I was like, how the hell do I make this happen? And so I was introduced to manifestation and I've definitely taken my own kind of spin on what manifestation means to me, but it's really creating a life that is fully reflecting like who you are from your heart like does your life reflect who you are and to figure out who you are we have to go deep you're listening to rebel heart radio hosted by a nutritional therapist cassie knavel and professional esthetician and makeup artist genevieve blair a lifestyle podcast about clean living making money and badass people that inspire us endlessly We created this podcast to walk through the tough moments of life with you, inspire you to live more intentionally, and frankly, because we like to talk. Thanks for joining us today. Make sure to catch our weekly episode and subscribe to us anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you have iTunes, we would be forever grateful for your review on our podcast. Let's get to our latest episode. The materials and content within this podcast are for general information and educational purposes only and are not to be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of Rebel Heart Radio. Cassie here, and I am solo again this week. We are missing Genevieve, but she will be back with us next week. And this week, I had the opportunity of interviewing my friend Danielle Bolt, who is a multi-passionate business owner. She is a yoga instructor and an incredible shadow worker who is committed to just using her story of healing through adversity as a way to shed light into these dark, deep, hurting parts of ourselves. And she has this beautiful home goods business called Wood Intimations that she runs with her husband, High. They create these gorgeous spoon carvings. They also teach classes. Um, and both of them are just such incredible artists. And then she's also the co-founder of soul to soul community, which is a destination based retreat business where she helps women tap into their fullest potential through yoga and truth circle and her specialty shadow work, yummy meals, and all sorts of different mediums of art. Um, I personally am going to be going on a retreat with her soul to soul community group here soon. So I'm very excited for that. And she often hosts those on the Oregon coast. And then I'm sure, um, more plans are in place to do some in future at her Montana house. Um, she and her husband, High also own two Airbnb properties, which they've made absolutely gorgeous by all of their own handmade, um, woodwork and all sorts of beautiful art. And I would definitely recommend checking out their Airbnb properties. They're both, um, one is an Airstream and then one is a house out in Montana and they're both kind of in this beautiful rural setting and you guys will absolutely love staying there. So make sure you go check out everything that this girl has to offer and you guys will find in this episode, you might notice that my voice is significantly more calm than it normally is. I don't get quite as fired up as I normally do and I think that just speaks to 
Danielle's really healing presence, especially with me. She calms me and really allows me to like sit down and reflect and do some inner work. And the, the, the conversation almost feels like a counseling session for me. <laughs> so I appreciate you guys being here today. Um, I'm so excited for you guys to get to know Danielle a little bit, and we'll definitely have her on a future episode of the podcast to dig a little bit deeper here. Um, but I love her introduction into manifestation work in this podcast and being able to kind of continue to work on that since I talked to her that day has been absolutely beautiful. So I hope you guys get a ton out of this episode and make sure you go follow Danielle at Danny Bolts on Instagram and you can go find all of her other various places. And of course, everything is linked in the show notes for you guys. Thanks for listening today. Welcome everyone to this week's episode of Rebel Heart Radio. I'm really excited. I'm sitting across my random butcher block countertop situation <laughs> um, from my good friend, Danny Bolts. And she is here to chat like all about inner child manifestation, all of the beautiful things, but she's definitely someone you want to be learning from Hi. over on the Instagrams. <laughs> um, and she's a yoga instructor. That's how we met. I took one of her classes and I instantly was like, I need this person always in my mm. life. <laughs> Same. And, and then, um, we've gotten to know each other a little bit since, and every time we talk, she just makes me go deeper and makes me think harder. And I was like, you need to be teaching all of our podcast listeners. Aww. So welcome, Danny. Thank you. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's fun to record in person. Genevieve and I get to do it every once in a while, but it's just, it's a different flow and a different energy. I feel like I can always tell yeah. when I re-listen to an episode when we've done it in person versus doing it virtually on Zoom. Yeah. And there's just, it's, ugh. this is my first in-person podcast I've only been on one other podcast and she was in Washington DC and we didn't even Skype it was just or we Skype but it was just voice and it oh was, you gotta see each I other. know I wanted to see her face she's it's, like let's just voice record <laughs> it's too easy to talk over each other when yeah. you can't see and then the other piece of it is like right those facial expressions and yeah. stuff and the mic covers it up a little bit right but you can you can figure it out yeah. so what was the other podcast you were on um, it was Nishay Snow Studio 78 podcast okay. and we talked about my home goods business and creativity and trailers and all things kind of like tiny home stuff. Oh, yeah, it was yes. fun. She's amazing. She, I love her podcast. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Okay. I'll link it in the show notes for everybody. They yeah. can go check out your episode with her. Yeah. Thanks. Yay. <laughs> so tell us more about you. Introduce yourself to Rebel Heart Nation. Okay. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's also a part of Rebel Heart Nation. <laughs> Truth. Um, well, hi, you guys. My name is Danny. I grew up in Oregon. We actually, Cassie and I like grew up really close to each other, but never knew each other. Yeah. I mean, basically in the same tiny ass town the same town the same town but just multiple years apart from one another like yeah. just on the edge and so we never yeah. got to meet as kiddos as far as we know as we probably did probably we probably swam in the same pool at the same time guaranteed yeah yeah um so I grew up on Mount Hood and then for the last six years I've been living in Montana I met my husband out there the whole Montana story is long and wild I'm sure we'll get into it a little bit um, but just recently moved back here to Oregon, but we're also kind of like going back and forth. We live in Montana some of the time, live here in Oregon some of the time. And 
yeah here we are both of your spots are so magical thank you (laughs) we're really obsessed with like spaces creating spaces that just feel cozy and we just realized that we couldn't have one or the other we wanted both and Mm -hmm. it's been tricky but we're making it work to where we can just by like renting out one of the houses when we're not in it and through airbnb and yeah can we share the airbnb link with our listeners oh heck yeah (laughs) okay we'll we'll share the the montana house yeah on airbnb it's beautiful you guys yeah it's literally it looks like a fucking retreat (laughs) this is a straight up (laughs) retreat it's a cozy spot and And what part of montana is it in uh we're in the northwestern corner so it's basically sandwiched between canada and idaho it's only eight hours from here. i was gonna say it's not far from where we're at just east of portland thank god because we drive back and forth all the time but Yeah. yeah it's close and then we have our little spot here we just finished building uh it's basically we're calling it a shouse it's like a shed house a shouse yeah (laughs) just merge it together and we rent out our airstream that's in the backyard and that's called the cozy roller and that's a good spot and the cozy roller is also on airbnb right yeah it is hey yo there you go okay plug we're gonna well i'm gonna plug all your shit that's all i have to say (laughs) thanks it's too good um but yeah it just feels really correct to be back in oregon i was really missing you know, humans. We're, yeah. we're really remote in Montana. So to be back feels like soul food. I need it. Yeah. Yeah. Is your husband high from Montana? Yeah. So well, he was born in Arizona, um, but he's been in Montana since he was like 13. Okay. Lived in Alaska for a little bit. Um, but yeah, Montana boy, like small town Montana boy. So this is like huge. He comes to Sandy, boring Oregon. You know, he's like, oh my God. <laughs> There's so many people. I'm like, let's go to I Portland. Mean, not, not really. Yeah. Not also, really. people would ar- argue the same about Portland as far as the city is concerned. Yeah. Like, it's just not quite as large as yeah. most, you know, huge urban cities. So, yeah. Troy, Montana is 800 people, though. So mm, it's okay. like, you know, everyone, but you don't really. And then you come here and yeah, it's just different. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So what brought you back? Uh, mostly people. Just I knew before we got married that I needed I needed to know that I was going to be living in a place that lit my soul on fire and Montana was definitely the it is the place that like nourishes me and lets me slow down because I'm so insane and busy all the time but I also needed Oregon and I just feel called here maybe it's because I'm born here I don't know but I just feel like a soul calling to this area just like the lush woods and the ocean I miss the ocean Mm. like Montana feels very inland to me yes so to be near the ocean is just so so nice yeah when we lived in Colorado we would always go back to like come back home for visits and I would be like we are going to the beach right now literally immediately (laughs) my my heart and my body need the beach I know no that's it I was never really a beach kid growing up Mm. and I don't know if it was just like the availability wasn't always there as far as like traveling is concerned with Mm -hmm. with money limitations and so um as soon as I was able yeah all the time and I just didn't know how much I loved it it just feels right it's the the hilarious part is that yes all of that is true but my husband is a like we're gonna have a tsunami and so anytime we go to the beach we have to choose a town yeah no we have to choose a town or spot 
that is higher up and has like a good tsunami evacuation situation. So if there's like a one lane road to get out of a campground, he's like, we're not going there. Oh my God. I mean, if it's too, it's hilarious. And this is like kind of new. And he kind of just like threw it on me when I was trying to plan a beach vacation upcoming. And he was just like, I, this, I, I have to tell you something and it might be really super weird and dorky but i but i'm, I'm scared i'm scared of a like we're due for a tsunami or a huge earthquake that's going to cause right. the tsunami essentially yeah. and so he is just he is very trepidatious about that oh. whole situation there's something kind of sweet about that though it's super sweet but he's like i'm gonna keep everybody safe and it's gonna be great he's got all these like contingency plans in his head and so I'm just like, I love you so much. And you normally don't care about whatever. So I'm just going to respect that. Yeah. I'll and give you this. can you just give me a list of options? Yeah. <laughs> like the different places we could oh. go at the beach. But I was like, I need to go. <laughs> I know. Yeah. My grandparents, they lived in Cannon Beach mm. when I was growing up. And the beach just always felt like medicine to me. Mm. And it's crazy because I guess it was about three years ago. I was doing some of the to be magnetic work with Lacey Phillips and was doing one of the, what, what was it? It's the daily reprogramming exercise. And it was about going back to a memory where you were like your most authentic, like most like purest version of self. Ooh. And I was like in this meditation and I was brought right back to Cannon beach. I was like on the beach. I knew what I was wearing, like how my little hands felt like it was wild I don't know how perfectly accurate it was but it like it was just pretty cool that it was like oh that place is special to me and then we got married there we got married in Cannon Beach you did Mm -hmm. last September I didn't know that's where you got married yeah it was pissing rain (laughs) like almost the entire day we were gonna be on the beach but then we're like okay fuck how about the tent like we'll just get married under this tent and but it was beautiful and really really sweet I love that. Yeah, it was good. So now it's an even more special place. So special. Yeah. We go there as much as we can. Oh, we like, we're that. actually kind of creepy about it. Cause like we sell our wooden spoons and different woodworking stuff. And we plant ourselves in like all the store, not all the stores, but many stores in Cannon beach. Cause we just want to feel local. Mm-hmm. So we go there and we're like, Hey guys, how you been? <laughs> as if we live there. And anyway, some but of the they people, know. they they actually think we're local. Some people think we live there now. And you're just going to let them believe that. I know. You're like, yeah, you can, I can sell my stuff in your shop. Hey yeah, neighbor. Super, super local. <laughs> yeah. Really local. Yeah. I might've parked my tiny house here, but you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it's oh my goodness. I love that. Mm. Let's get into that. I mean, honestly, one of the things that impresses me so much about you and you're mm. just this ever expansive person who's always seeking, um, new opportunity but opportunities that are really like aligned Mm. and I see you guys this is I mean what what Danny does in a day I don't even know it's ridiculous but she also lives this really peaceful and calm lifestyle too (laughs) in some aspects I'm like laughing I'm like oh yeah yeah Yeah. sometimes (laughs) yeah I know we we kind of have that in common um but I I see you, you have this beautiful soul to soul community. Yeah. You're building a community in the Mount Hood area to really cultivate connection mm-hmm. to people and body and spirit and all these beautiful things. And then you have your wood carving business. Yeah. I mean, and you and your husband get to do that together. Like mm-hmm. there's so many things that you're pursuing. Like, how did you get to this place from 
that broken inner child which we've talked about in the past and we can dig into that if you want to Mm -hmm. (laughs) um to like this place where you're just manifesting this beautiful life for yourself Mm. and beautiful life is still hard right yeah definitely i i I, I see that i know yeah but it's i mean it's just really beautiful for you to to watch you kind of come into that and Mm. i barely even know you and i'm just like can i can you fangirl over someone you barely know? No, thank you. And it makes me feel good to hear what you see because I value what you say so much. Um, but yeah, it's been basically I was so, so deeply broken about three and a half years ago. Not that long ago. Not that long ago. I'd say three years ago, right before I met my husband, I was just waist deep in my Saturn return and for any of those of you who don't know what that is look it up it's real shit it happens between (laughs) 27 and 30 I'm 29 I'll be 30 this year um but I just hit my lowest of lows and I was living in northwest Montana um I had a yoga studio I had just bought a house with my previous partner um I was really deeply unhappy and every area of my life pretty much I was just swimming upstream doing all these things that didn't feel aligned even though I was like yoga studio yoga teacher there we go it's perfect doesn't really work when your number one value is freedom and you're glued to a brick and mortar like it just Mm -hmm. there was just everything started to crumble um and so met my husband when I was still in that relationship basically fell head over heels for him when I was in that relationship and then needed to end the relationship Mm. with my previous partner after buying a house. So there you go guys. But, um, I ended everything. I basically started fresh and that meant ending my job and needing to kind of reconfigure like what, what do I want to do with my life? So I ended up purchasing an Airstream, my first Airstream, from my grandparents and I moved back to Oregon for six months by myself because I was like I need to get the fuck out of this monstrous town like that's how I felt I was like get me away from these people I was just perpetuating these feelings of like really extreme isolation and it just sucked and so when I came back to Oregon I was here and started to kind of catch more grounding more footing moved back to Montana because my husband begged me to. He's like, give me a year. Give me a year of your time here and we will figure out our next step. Mm. So I did. That's I'm, a beautiful invitation. It it was. <laughs> I'm only like, uh, because I'm just coming out of um, how challenging that was for me and hard on my nervous system, just being back in a place where I didn't feel supported in mm-hmm. community because mm-hmm. community is so also number two value for me. Um but anyway, we end up coming out here. Oh, no, rewind. So we're there in Montana. I'm not working. I'm like, what the hell am I going to do? So I wanted to learn how to carve spoons. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to homestead it up. I'm going to figure <laughs> out how to carve some spoons. So I started doing that. And my Capricorn brain was just like, ooh, like, how can I monetize this? How can I, <laughs> maybe I can make some money out of this. And that's how Wood Intimations, our home goods business began. Um, and I just kind of started following the breadcrumbs. I'm like, what lights me up? What do I want to do? What feels right? And that kind of bled into my soul to soul community, reconnecting with my good friend, Jessica. Um, 
finding a place to bring my gifts as yoga teacher and I don't I don't like to say healer but I work in the wellness world sort of (laughs) and yeah I don't know where am I at (laughs) who am I (laughs) who am I yeah no I think it's beautiful I um I feel like a lot of the um times where I've had to kind of like recenter and put a hard stop to something mm. all of these massive things kind of come into fruition that yeah. maybe you didn't even know were possible for yourself like will you talk a little bit about like the manifestation process behind those big changes and yeah. I know that's like a lot of that is really recent for you but yeah tell us like what does manifestation mean right to you yeah um and how do you kind of use that as you're building like I mean, for everyone like looking in or listening into this, to Danny's story, like you essentially have created, I don't know what, four businesses at this point. Yeah, roughly. <laughs> that you're working right now, at least. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess, well, like I said, early, early on, um, I've been doing work with Lacey Phillips from To Be Magnetic for the last couple of years. Yeah. I found her at my rock bottom because I was like give me something like I need to I I didn't have the life that I was wanting Mm. and so I was like how the hell do I make this happen and so I was introduced to manifestation and I've definitely taken my own kind of spin on what manifestation means to me but it's really creating a life that is fully reflecting like who you are from your heart like does your life reflect who you are and to figure out who you are we have to go deep and so when I was in that rock bottom like back in Montana I was so raw and busted open and everything was so on the table that I was able to like really see what is serving me in my life what isn't serving me and what Lacey always says she's like if it's not a hell yes it's a hell no so I started looking at the list of all the people in my life, all the things that I've accumulated, all, all the work, everything. And I basically got rid of it all. And Mm. then I just started following the breadcrumbs. That's basically what I've done. I don't know if that's too vague, but when I say follow breadcrumbs, it's like any like moment of curiosity or any moment of like intrigue. I just lean in and I go there like every time. I love that. Yeah. And so it doesn't ever make, it usually doesn't make sense, but I just do it. And then <laughs> things open up. That's where the doors just open for me. What's the manifestation process like? What is the process like? Yeah. So my process looks like writing it out. I'm like, what mm. am I wanting to call in? And it's funny talking about this right now, you guys, because <laughs> it's like I have more like I have everything that I've called in right now that I, I'm not even calling anything in because my nervous system needs to catch up to everything that I've brought into my life. Like that's truly where I'm at. But it starts with like writing out a list. I should show you. I should I should take a picture of one of my lists and send it to, to you. It. Yeah. Um, but just really writing out what am I wanting to call in? I mean, it could be on the material plane. It could be I'm looking for a friend, like a new friend that can go hiking with me. Or it could be, I like, I manifested my chocolate lab as funny as that sounds like everything to a T of who he is. He is. And it's cause I was able to call it out. So I write this list out and then it's basically about going in and figuring out where you have blocks in your subconscious. And I do this through meditation. So 
usually just dropping into a meditation um, with the to be magnetic. She has some beautiful guided meditations that can really take you to the root and finding where you picked up these limiting beliefs about yourself, things that are holding you back from attracting these things that you're wanting. And once you can go in and really reprogram that, you can call in anything you want. I mean, it's, it's like brain surgery. Basically, you just go in, twist it, there you go. You create you create you're, space. Yeah, you're rewiring your entire like neuro pathways. Yeah, it's exactly. And when you're in that hypnotic state, um, this is what Lacey talks about. You're gonna hear me say her name a lot because she's just helped me so much in my life. Well, she's. I mean, she's also quite an incredible just person in the area of manifestation. Yeah. Um. I that was how I was introduced to it through several podcast episodes of various podcasts that I listened to. She's yeah. kind of the expert that everyone likes to bring on. Yeah. Um. And she's been building the business and the brand for many years now yeah. as far as and honing her methods and absolutely yeah, she's an incredible resource so I'll make sure to link that for everybody yeah. so you can go do your own yeah manifestation work absolutely and what I will say about that I was when I was at my rock bottom I was like so rigid with her process and I got really stuck a few times because just some things didn't work for who I am like what she would have us do and my advice would be like, make it your own, find the things that she gives you that are super powerful and work. And then don't be afraid to kind of shift things to make them work for you because yeah, yeah, some of that shit didn't work for me, but a lot of it does. I think that's a really important piece of the conversation too, because I feel a lot of my friend, like I I'm a, I'm a Christian, mm-hmm. how, whatever, if you want to slap a label on it, I believe in Jesus, whatever. Yeah. But I think, I think so many times there are these really powerful healing, expansive modalities that we can tap into from mm-hmm. either other cultures or other aspects or just like getting more into the woo. Yeah. And I would argue like a belief in Jesus is, is there's some woo there, yeah. <laughs> right? you know, but I, but I think a lot of hesitation that I see in the Christian community mm-hmm. is not wanting to adopt these practices because it's like, can pull you away from like, it's like, well, why can't we marry the two? Why can't you tap into, you know, where someone is asking the universe for something? Why can't you be asking your God for something? Absolutely. And so I think a lot of this for me has Mm -hmm. been really opening my eyes and, Mm -hmm. and my heart to seeing how I can weave in some of these manifestation practices, um, even, even yoga, like having a deep connection with the Lord through that process for me Mm. is me making it my own. And, um, I just, I see a lot in the community, kind of this negative take on all of these things that we're trying to do to center ourselves and become more grounded and understand who we are and where we came from and who, and, and the truth is like, you can interchange the word God and the universe in the same absolutely sentence and and it, that's going to mean something different for to different people yeah. or so, intuition it yeah could just be so you. like for me like I just want to put it out there for those of you who maybe are like believers in whatever you believe in mm-hmm. to just open your mind and your heart to the possibility of doing this work anyway yeah um maybe in conjunction and kind of figuring out what is what is this language what is this connection what does this look like for me because yeah. I think that's a lot of the hesitation that I feel sometimes and that I also see right so I love that no that's so good and I mean that just makes me think of yoga because 
Seriously. Yeah. For me, I mean, you've been to my classes. I'm pretty much talking about my own spin on yoga. You know, of course, we're meeting postures that I've learned through training, but it's like what my take on yoga is so much about intuition, loving who you are exactly in this moment, given your circumstance, everything, and kind of bringing this manifestation work into yoga, you know? So it's like, we just have to make things our own because we are our own. So don't be afraid to try anything out. I love that. I, the first time I did yoga with you as Mm -hmm. my instructor, you were leading as like your essentially like job interview for the the club that you oh work God. at it was the first time that's funny it was the most packed out class I've ever been to in that mm, space yeah it was wall-to-wall people tons of people and you were like a breath of fresh air in this mm. very stagnant place mm. um you know go it, the, for those of you who are from a smaller town like you're pretty limited in the gym atmospheres that you get to choose yeah and, And the thing I love about a gym is that a lot of times you're surrounded by people who are trying to, um, you know, take care of themselves to, um, I I hesitate to say like better themselves, but just, you know, find that place of like connection and movement and getting in. And and for some people it's, you know, it's, it's a negative place to be in, but for me, it's like, I feel the energy and all ages and all All ages, all personalities, all. And I, and I have felt in the past, like when I was involved in CrossFit and I probably will again one day, cause I mm. love it so much. It's kind of very one note in a lot of ways. Mm. And so, um, but I will say like going to a small, um, uh, gym and it's in a very small town. We have the same yoga instructor every single day for all classes, you know, it's, and I love that particular yoga instructor. She's a wonderful human being and she Mm -hmm. does a great job with it, but we're not going deep. No. And part of the work in yoga for me is going deep. It's all going deep for me. It's yeah. all going deep. And for me, it's uh, like the reason why I need yoga is not fitness right. primarily. Mm-hmm. I'm cool. The fitness part of it. Great. I, I love it. I think it's a beautiful modality in that aspect. Mm-hmm. It is a sport, right? Right. But it's also like this beautiful healing, expansive space where you can calm. And I have just not found other than guided meditation a place where I can quiet mm-hmm. my mind I know and yoga was finally that place and when you led that first class mm. I was like oh this yeah. is yoga oh I love that <laughs> yeah. for me it was perfect and I think everyone the energy that you left in that room I don't know if you felt it mm, but I did yeah everyone that you touched that day was literally like Oh, that was exactly what we needed. Okay, oh. this was awesome. When's your next class? Yeah. Right? That was the question. For was sure. like, where are you teaching next? I will be there. Yeah. It so. was magical. And there's, I mean, it's that collective energy too. And we're mm-hmm. all in a space together just wanting to feel better. Like it's yeah. the sweetest freaking thing. But it's it's also coming from this place where we're not going to settle for um, approaching something on one note. It's going to be, how do we look at all of these different aspects, all of these different layers? How can we go deeper within ourselves personally? Yeah. Connect with each other. Like, yeah, you're really good at guiding people through that. Thank you. Yeah. I love it. It's my favorite thing. And I'm only really teaching like once a week right now, which is good. I've had to ease back into teaching after closing the yoga studio, but it's, 
it is my practice to teach because mm-hmm. I'm, I can't not be present when I'm in that room with you guys. Like mm-hmm. it, it just feels I'm tingling all over my body afterwards because of presence, giving myself an hour to just be with you and be with myself. Yeah. Well, and you're so almost, best. I mean, coaching through that process too. Yeah. You know, you're doing some mindset coaching, you're doing some Um, Mm -hmm. vision work and like through that process like that can actually be really draining I mean there are probably times where you feel poured into but for the most part you're pouring out yeah definitely pouring. so only doing that once a week is probably not the worst thing (laughs) yeah definitely and that's like that's why I'm so grateful to be just exploring ways for me to even just sharing my story you know like this feels so good to be able Mm -hmm. to like share parts of myself in this way because you're right like in the classroom I want to be so fully there Mm -hmm. but if I'm there every day of the week I can't be you know that's why I had to close the studio it was like I couldn't show up full I was so yeah (laughs) so much well a hell yes or a hell no right really yeah to everything everything do you do that have you been doing that I think that's my nature anyway yeah. I'm such a gut like you know we're gonna I, sorry you guys we're gonna geek out about the Enneagram every episode for the yeah. end of time because it's just for the rest in, of life <laughs> the rest of my life <laughs> so if you're not into that maybe we're not for you but we love you anyway um I personally like my my center of intelligence within the Enneagram and this is true for eight nine and one is mm. the gut the body oh and so you the the natural inclination is to to really trust your gut and for me my gut tells me is this a hell, hell yes or is this a hell no that's so amazing that will be a really good manifester you are a really good manifester <laughs> we'll see yeah <laughs> this is all very new to me yeah but i um the interesting piece is that when i'm in a place where i have a big block mm. it's very hard for me to see whether a no is a no or a hell no like yeah. what kind of no i definitely can feel the yes pretty clearly but the no becomes a little more muddy to me so in that case and I mean, take it as you want, but it's like, yes or no, kind of like, that's where I have to go. There's no middle ground. There's no middle ground. Like if your question, like if you get to that place and you're just like, I mean, unless you're like really introverted and you're like, maybe not not want, I know that's (laughs) not you, but, um, for any listeners, like if you're, you're asked to go out to this beautiful party and it makes you kind of nervous, like, and you're like, I don't know, that could be a moment to like consider like am I just scared yeah maybe I should go but other than that if you're just like I don't know it's no just it's a fuck no for me it's um is that is the no a true like hell no or is it a hell no because whatever situation I'm gonna be in is gonna force me to be vulnerable because that for me and my spirit is always a hell no yeah but I have to turn it into a hell yes yeah right right so that's been an interesting piece of working working through stuff (laughs) I feel like more often than not if we are kind of afraid also that's usually what we need to lean into Mm. Mm -hmm. like I feel that for myself it's like oh that makes me nervous I'm gonna go there 
This is nervous sighted. Yeah. Nervous sighted. Nervous. My, no, um, my business coach, Brianne, which I talk about, she's like on par with Enneagram. Every episode I say something about her, um, (laughs) has been really impactful for me. And, and one of the, the brand shifts that she's made is moving to, to working through and kind of creating this brown brand centered around brave fear. Mm. and uh brave fear as an action like taking brave yeah. like brave action even kind of in the midst of fear or leaning into it just like you said yum and yeah it's delicious mm-hmm. she's, she's it's so good and I really recommend checking out her podcast if you guys haven't yet it's called the brave fear podcast mm. um and she's on Instagram at I am brave fear and I think she's taken a little bit of a pause which is the perfect time for you guys to catch up in episodes yeah um because she's moving across the country right now sadly away from Portland hmm. <laughs> um road but, trip not road right trip. <laughs> but but she's taught me a lot about kind of the moments in which I feel fear Mm. which I actually, that feeling fear initially for me takes a lot of acknowledgement Mm. and a lot of self-awareness because I, the, the quintessential like eight feeling is to be invincible. Well, I don't feel a lot of fear. Yeah, I I do, but it's, it's real buried Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's usually centered around fear of being misinterpreted or misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Um, not valued. Yeah. Not seen. Not seen. Mm. I was just going to say that's my biggest one fear of not being seen. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come across like situations and people who make us feel seen, those are my clear hell yeses. Like, hi. Hey, (laughs) can we be best friends? (laughs) Right. Like right now. No, I know it's, it's medicine for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, our inner child, you know, that, that being seen, that's my biggest wound. It's like, I just, all I want is to just be seen by the world. So I, I obviously will lean into people who see me more than anybody else, mm-hmm. but also doing that work to really see myself, you know, I know is so important. Yeah. I think seeing yourself allows you to be seen sometimes, Yep. you know, cause then you're actually going to come from a place where you're showing it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about inner child a little bit. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is something that I I deeply resonate with because I have a really hard time connecting with my inner child. It's actually something that I've completely blocked. Right. Um, That is like the block for me Mm. Um, is allowing that innocence and um, kind of childlike wonder. Curiosity. Curiosity. Play. play. Yeah. Yeah, Those are all the things that um, I'm working at getting better at yeah you know taking care of nurturing within myself right um because I you know I I had a moment and this is like the Enneagram stuff I had a moment where I had to grow up and I made a lot of decisions around growing up that involved letting go of that Mm. kiddo yeah and so I've been a fun but also very serious person for the majority of my yeah and I get shit done take care of myself person yeah take care of myself take Mm -hmm. care of the people I love very protective um and it puts me in a place where I don't allow myself kind of that true enjoyment and trust and it's hard to tap it like how have you like what's been your process Cause you have a hard time tapping what well, you used to have a hard time tapping I into do, that I inner do. child still do. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think that's another reason we were drawn to each mm-hmm. other. Cause mm-hmm. I feel like kids that had to grow up really fast. Yeah. Um, we just kind of have this like 
stamp on our forehead or something and we can just people, see it and not a lot of people understand I yeah. mean you'll you'll you know when you've kind of met someone who is on that same level or has been on that path right when and it's honestly the hardest working people I've ever met in my life yeah it's <laughs> yeah because you kind of had to be or or the other flip side is like people who kind of never really got there because they never had that nurturing yeah because they had to do everything themselves it's a there's I mean multiple versions of that of course right but yeah I think I think you're right I think there's a big old stamp that's yeah. like yeah you fucking you bootstraps yeah. put your big girl panties on and you move on with life right and you can see that in other people yeah when you've been through that and it's such it's such a trip that we both grew up with a disabled parent oh. too. Cause that's such a unique, it's a unique thing that I didn't realize was super unique. Well, to, to us, it was normal. It, yeah. It was just the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, but like for the inner child stuff to kind of like get back to that, it's like my whole thing was like not having a dad you know, I just didn't have a dad that could take care of me. I didn't feel seen. I didn't feel I, I had to take care of my dad at age three, you know. And so for me, reconnecting to my inner child looks like any moment that I get triggered, which happens a lot um, now being a step parent to two kids. Um, any I get really triggered when I see them getting just like beautiful love from their dad and being seen by their dad, which sounds super fucked up and taboo to say, but I'm just trying to be really truthful about that experience. So anytime that I'm triggered, I realize that my, I call my inner child, her I'm like, or she, I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, she needs something right now. And so really trying to turn in and give her what she needs. So it could just be, Hey, why don't you go get yourself a dilly bar? Like <laughs> literally like that stuff happens. And also it's been medicine for my inner child to nurture my stepkids in the way that I wanted to be hmm. nurtured and seen and taken care of, you know? And it's just any, our inner child is always with us. Yeah. They're always along for the ride. So I think our triggers are roadmap to what she needs. Yeah, I, I think a lot of that healing path too is um, getting to when you didn't have that nurturing as a child, this like specific instance yeah, is having the ability to nurture yourself yeah, in a different, not yourself, but nurture others. Yeah. Um, and honestly, one of the most healing things for me is that little chocolate lab over there. Yeah. That was it because it's, and they talk a lot about this in relation to Enneagram eights is like Mm. the getting back in touch with your inner child. Part of that is like bringing in things that are just like pure and beautiful and innocent and Mm. need taking care of. Yeah. And so honestly, like having a dog has, has helped with that process, but Mm. man, having a kid really cracked me wide fucking open. Yeah. I bet really cracked me wide open Yeah, because there's just this love that you just, as someone who protects themselves and, and doesn't allow very much vulnerability or just vulnerability with very few people, Right. Um, I was, it's hard. You can't fully love. Yeah. You just can't step into that place of fully loving because you don't, you're not allowing others to fully love you. I know. And 
man when i had when i had my little guy he cracked it wide open to the point that i was like oh this is love Mm. whoa like it's like ouch (laughs) it's like so so much it hurts yeah it hurts yeah yeah seriously and I think man like if I hadn't had and continue to have that experience in in parenting Mm. um and even like through the process of being pregnant like I felt myself like softening through that um and it's just yeah it's been the best learning experience yeah hugely hugely impactful for personal growth for me but getting back to that inner child because I struggle mm. to do it's really interesting when you watch Josh parent um and then myself like I bring him into my world so mm. he's doing he's cooking with me or mm. and the, all of those things are important and incredibly valuable right they want to be brought into your world especially at the toddler age oh my gosh like what are you doing I want to do it yeah um, which means you have to be careful when you cuss if you don't want your kids to cuss. Yeah. <laughs> what are you yeah. doing? I want to do it. What are you saying? I want to say it. Yeah. Um, but with my husband, he kind of takes the flip side and he meets him oh. where he's at. And so yeah. they'll get down and play in the sand or they'll play with cars or trucks or whatever it is. Mm. Um, and so it's really a big exercise for me to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways that I found to do that is reading with him. Mm. like his his little kid books right because even when I'm reading myself I actually if he's with me I'll just read out loud right um even if it's like a big kid book you know (laughs) like reading about the Enneagram out loud (laughs) and he's like oh okay cool um sometimes I'll listen but it's it's just this process of of me kind of tapping into that and so it's it's definitely something I have to like actually actively pursue Mm -hmm. to get on his level and do things that just bring him so much joy in his like in his kiddo space Mm. um and they tend to obviously bring me quite a bit of joy um but it's almost like I, I push myself and kind of, it's a little painful yeah. to go through it. Yeah. And then afterward, I'm like, God, that was so good. And it you wasn't feel, that bad. And you feel that so good. good. <laughs> you feel so good. Yeah. And so connected. Too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's again, always parallels, but like I feel the same. I've had this, a very similar experience with my husband mm-hmm. of softening because he's the first human, first man, I'll say that I've really let see me and Mm. just to be seen by him has been just like makes me want to like cry and slash throw up a little bit (laughs) I'm like (laughs) um but it's just yeah if we don't allow that how can we receive any goodness Mm -hmm. you know I was such my previous partner pointed it out you know he's like you know what you're doing right like when I was ending things and I was just like what (laughs) you know I'm like what am I doing what and he saw he was like you run away right when it starts to get deep right when it starts to get hard and of course I was like fuck you and like went (laughs) off and now I see it and I saw the pattern I saw that holding pattern and my husband he just mirrors back everything he shows me everything and it's just softened me Mm -hmm. and I think of like that inner child like what you're saying like playing with your son doing art with my stepkids because I've, I just grew up doing art. My dad's an artist. My whole family on my dad's side are artists. And to be able to share that with them and just get into that again makes me feel very nourished. Mm-hmm. I mean, last night we were drawing and watercoloring at like 
10 o'clock at night <laughs> a little late <laughs> summer vacation it's summer yeah first day of summer yeah much. yeah um but yeah inner child yeah i i haven't i try to get into the coloring thing mm, again yeah. just in the in the i'm not an artsy human <laughs> I'm a very practical human but i think that's also part of kind of the rift with the inner child too mm-hmm. um but dancing oh dancing is the thing for me yeah yeah like and that. music mm-hmm. music has been and that's been fluid throughout but like do you just dance here or do you oh, go yeah, dancing we, we have dance parties Aww. like pretty much we call them dance parties which is the three of us Cute. um every other day yeah I yeah. love that and that's a that's a childlike thing that yeah. I've been able to tap into but I was a I danced ballet for that's right 18 years and mm-hmm. and um, nearly went professional with it and that was one of those decisions that I sacrificed to become an adult mm-hmm. take care of myself and actually that was something I really recently dug up right really recently like we were on a drive home on Sunday right <laughs> and I was like oh and I blocked it I blocked it as oh I chose to go to call and I probably have said it on this podcast like I chose to go to college instead of dance because to me that was what I wanted Mm -hmm. I don't know if that was actually what I wanted right I literally was like I have to I have to earn money for my family I have to take care of myself there's no room for going to Um, you know, a ballet school that cost thousands of dollars because I had just gotten accepted to um, the larger ballet school in Portland, which, um, Mm. which was amazing. But I, um, I said, I said, no. And I did the, I I did the audition to show that I could do it. Oh, and then I, to me, that was like, okay, just so I, I know I can do it. Yeah. And I got in and I said no. Mm. And no one understood that. I, and it's still to say, like, my husband was like, I had no idea why you just like didn't do it or didn't do it. He's like, you were, you were amazing. It was, it was such a great opportunity. Um, and I just, I didn't see a way, right. I didn't see a way for that to be possible. Mm -hmm. And we lived, you know, in Mount Hood area and driving Mm -hmm. that far. And, you know, we had a, I had a crappy car that I bought for like $1,800 yeah. <laughs> as a teenager. Yeah. There were so many, so many things, but anyways, long story short, that was a big, um, you know, thing that I, that I had squashed and blocked right. completely. So dancing is a big part of that mm. inner childness for me. And I think there will be classes in the future for me. Yeah. Yeah. I love taking that. those classes. We'd still live in an area where that's, um, there's some barriers, yeah. To get through as far as that's concerned to be able, cause I would want to go to like, if I'm going to a hip hop class, I'm going to go to a real, a nice, a real one. Yeah. A real, which to me, I'm like, Oh, I need some training before that. Cause it's been <laughs> a little while. Yeah. Um, but I loved, I loved hip hop and contemporary dance. And that was really actually just starting mm. when I jumped into, um, or when I jumped out of dance, right. Contemporary dance was not a thing. And now it's like plastered all over every dance company is doing contemporary dance and mm-hmm. it's, yeah so. oh I'm so excited for you oh we'll see that's such a good thing to like if you're into journaling um to explore like yeah. what was my favorite thing to do as a child and just look into that like that's what I started with yeah. I mean I mean even journaling mm-hmm. is something that I have to force myself into yeah because it seems it's not it doesn't feel practical 
it's not work. <laughs> you know, you're like, it's not work. It's but like, it's like some of the best work you'll ever do. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. But back to like, what are the ways that for like sharing with the listeners, like any exercises that you have that have helped you really connect with that inner child? I think that's something that probably everybody needs to do. Yeah. I mean, those of us who kind of had to let that inner child go. Right. Um, and grow up early. That's like, that's, that is the work. Mm. Like <laughs> that is the work to do. Right. Um, I think, I mean, we all have these patterns, you know, mm. like we all do these things. And I think kind of going back to like, hell yes or hell no. It's like, is this pattern feeling good in my life? If it's a no, can you start to look back at maybe where that pattern began? So like, for me, my one of my big things is um, I have to do everything. So mm-hmm. I will like I, when I was a kid, I had to do everything, you know, for when I was with my dad. It was just like constantly I could not I could not receive. So like receiving is the hardest thing in my life. And so now my work is to constantly like look at these patterns, look at how I can change those patternings you know I usually just write I'm like what is the pattern that sucks you know I won't let anyone help me with getting the Montana house ready for our renters like no one can help me but it also exhausts me to death like why can't I let this go and it came from that pattern of being young and not being able to like receive any help with anything because no one was there to help me (laughs) you know so I think it's just about I don't know if that answer if that if I articulated that well but no you did because I started I was like okay, what are some patterns that exist within yeah. me? <laughs> so I love that. It's just reflecting. It's like yeah. seeing where you're, what does your day feel like? What are some things that you do that feel shitty, but you do them anyways? Maybe mm. look into that. Look into that. Everything comes from somewhere. It comes from when we were young. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And why did we pick that up? And can we give ourselves permission to pivot or release that? Or just don't fucking do that anymore. <laughs> you don't need to sorry for saying the f word no the f word is welcome on this podcast okay oh yeah i forgot i'm talking to you like we have the we have the explicit rating solely for me i think genevieve drops uh she never drops an f-bomb but she will drop a cuss word every once in a while it's also something like i think within language that we didn't really want to limit our guests yeah um and i think you limit your audience and hey guys you're here for it we appreciate you and our our um vulgarities or intensity sometimes (laughs) but yeah that was that was definitely an interesting piece that I pulled away from the Enneagram was the need for all things intense and and um cursing is in that yeah category for sure um to me cursing is just like part of my vernacular and and can and could be part of everyone's vernacular yeah I mean I think you can use it in a a mature way I don't know I mean There, there are moments where like saying fuck is just like it's great yeah it like gives you goosebumps it like feels good <laughs> uh, I know I also there's I've talked to a few of my my friends who um are Christians even on the podcast and then just in our own conversations about um like being the Christian who cusses <laughs> I'm not and guys I'm not I'm not looking for um accountability in this aspect like we have we've yeah. got it we're okay yeah um, God and I are cool but it's it's just this interesting piece where um Uh, you know, one of the things that I see in the Christian culture with women is, is asking them to dial down Mm. their intensity. 
Um, and I think that's a piece of it. Right. And I, and obviously they're not, we're not, the church doesn't just ask women to dial that down. Right. They also mm-hmm. ask men to dial vulgarity down. Um, but I don't, I don't view like cursing as vulgar. It doesn't Mm-mm. seem vulgar to me, no. but one of the things that, and this is particular in the sleeping at last podcast episode, that was for this, the Enneagram eight song. Mm. Um, Chris Hewart's who wrote the sacred Enneagram, which is the book I would recommend you read. Out I know of all the Enneagram books. It. It's very, very, um, spirit led is what mm. I would say. Um, and kind of like taps into a lot of ancient wisdom, which I think is always so valuable. Mm. And, um, it's hard for me to read, which means it'll probably be perfect for you. Yeah. Cause I'm a very like, pr- everything's practical. practical. And yeah. I'm like, give me everything. Give me the woo. Give me yeah. the woo. You'll like it. Um, but he talks in there about how a lot of Enneagram eights use cussing, like in an initial inner interaction. Yeah. Just to see like how it'll offend or affect well, the person. And it's something. not trying to, it's just going to be like, well, if you can't handle just a curse word, yeah. then you can't handle me. Then you are not my people. <laughs> right. It's yeah. a, it's, it's like a, it's, here's the barrier to entry. Oh, interesting. Can you handle that? Okay. Yeah. You can pass. Okay. Can you handle that? Okay. You can pass. Mm. It's really, it's very interesting. And I think it's a lot of times why I step deeply into my intensity and in initial interactions with people. My favorite thing about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh really it's but but for a lot of people it's I'm not for everybody yeah. and that's just a fact and um and that's okay yeah that's okay but not everybody's for for me and right. that goes for every all of you you know oh. that's the same for everybody but yeah it's it's just one of those things that I I picked up along the way and was like oh that's why I do that okay that's, oh I want to know mine I've, I'm a seven <clears throat> Yeah. So sevens are, I'm not an Enneagram expert, you guys. Um, sevens are like the enthusiasts. So everything is exciting. Everything is awesome. (sighs) And their thing is avoiding pain. Yeah. Truth. So as a seven, everything you're seeking is an avoidance of pain. Yeah. So always seeking like massive pleasure in like every corner Mm -hmm. of my life Mm -hmm. always. But I think you've done a really beautiful job, even not knowing about the Enneagram yeah. of embracing mm-hmm. like that seeking of pleasure yeah. and almost just it, like, I love how you always say it's cozy. cozy, cozy. I want everything cozy. It's cozy to, to seek that comfort. And I yeah. think it's okay. Yeah. You know, it is okay. I think it's my work is to constantly, um, be truthful about my pain though. Mm-hmm. And like speak to pain and, be okay like well and you got to live in it live in it and I was telling my husband this uh this morning when I was just talking about the podcast and coming to talk to you about how I'm really happy that now I'm talking about my pain in more real time rather than in retrospect because I've always been vulnerable with my students but more in like the oh this happened to me back in the day whereas like now I can if I'm in it I feel like I can share it more Mm. easily you know that's so good it feels health yeah <laughs> the, so the the deadly sins is what they call it of the seven. Oh my god i'm so excited anger mm. pride mm. envy gluttony yes lust <laughs> and sloth <laughs> i love it so i mean i mean that's pretty much the that like that's the entirety of Mm. the seven deadly sins and there are deeper ones in that 
but there's a lot of discussion around um, like sobriety and gluttony within the seven. So the, mm. the main deadly sin for a seven is gluttony. Yeah. So that was the list of all of the deadly sins. Don't you so, love that I told you how gluttonous I was the second I walked in your house? No, for real. I, I literally, her, <laughs> I was like, which delicious drink option would you like? Can I make you a golden milk latte? Can I make you a matcha? And she was like, caffeine free i was like cool coconut milk or almond milk and she's like yes i'm so i just seek pleasure and i love gluttony like i just need to be like eating drinking good delicious things being surrounded by beauty always yeah so this is where i think for you digging into the enneagram will be so affirming and you Mm. will feel so seen oh i'm and understood yeah. yeah, I've never felt more understood, honestly. So, I love that. But yeah, sobriety and then um, gluttony. So the action is sobriety. The slot, like the deadly sin is gluttony for mm. a seven. Um, and then the holy love for, or holy like idea for a seven is holy wisdom and holy plan, mm. which is so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the um, like ego fixation is planning. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> Literally, so that that's like the piece that that's the ego part, always planning. Oh yeah. And this is Oscar Echazo's work mm-hmm. that kind of dug into all of these different like areas of like the personality and the ego and the true nature yeah. and all that kind of stuff, which she talks about a lot in the Sacred Enneagram. Oh, thank you. I, I have to it. tell you this, um, this makes so much sense. So my dad, um, he had a brain aneurysm when I was one, so he has no short-term memory. And I was the planner of the entire family because of that. I feel like, I mean, it was literally like, okay, dad, we got to We got to wake up. We got to go have breakfast and then we're going to go do this and then we're going to do this. And so it's just so funny because I even saw my grandma, this was right after our wedding And she was telling me how I remember your mom and your sister came down to the beach, Cannon Beach. You weren't there. And none of us had any idea what we were going to (laughs) do because I was always the person in the morning of like, all right, you guys, this is what the day is going to look like. And they just didn't know what to do. And you're like seven years old. And this is how I was like four. Like it was in my blood to just it was from that experience. You know, it just was it shaped me so much. Wow. Letting go of planning. like releasing some of that control Mm. is big work for me and having a clear day in my planner is like traumatic but I'm trying to do that (sighs) yeah I'm trying you're doing the work girl yeah well, thank you for being here. Thank you for thank letting you. me be. Yeah, I will. We'll have to have you back on. I want to definitely want to talk more with you about like minimalism and tiny house living. Yeah, and all of that. And I'm sure we'll be digging a lot more into the manifestation yeah. stuff. Thank you. I hope that was fluid and articulated. I we kind of went all over, but I life is all over. This 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 podcast is an open space to go wherever yeah. we're gonna go. I'm grateful. Um, That was really sweet. Awesome. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Rebel Heart Radio. You can visit our website to submit a question at www.rebelheartradio.com. Or 
you can hop on our Instagram. You can ask us anything. We love to get to know you guys. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a review on iTunes and we'll catch you guys on the next episode.